Okay, so it's uh, June the 4th, day 712 of lockdown, and today I just want to talk about some of the things that have brought me joy this week. Um, it's easy to get bogged down in anger and sadness, and those are justifiable and important feelings. Uh, but it's also important, I think, to remember that there's, there's stuff in the world that is good. Uh, my website is called Marajoy Loves, and that's also my Twitter handle and my Instagram. And that was a deliberate choice, partly because just at Marajoy and Marajoy.com were taken. Um, <laughs> but also because I, I really, for a long time, have wanted to... Have I've been trying to focus on positivity because I spent a lot of time uh, being very negative about myself and about my uh, life uh, when I didn't need to necessarily. Uh, mental health problems can do that. Uh, depression is a big one for that um, and OCD obsess uh, uh, as well. Like I tend to obsess for stuff and that can come into feelings as well. Like It's very hard for me to switch off once I get an idea in my head. Um, I'm also quite an em em empathetic person. And my I had a therapist uh, who claimed that uh, I was too empathetic, which uh, I can totally understand that. Um, <laughs> she's like, you know, you don't have to take everyone's problems onto your own. Like when you have your like, you have your own problems. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I know, but, and that's, like, the root of my social anxiety stuff is that I never want to offend anyone, and that's bullshit, you can't go through life without offending anyone, especially, there are some people who does, who need to, need to be offended, but equally, like, uh, uh, she talked about, uh, one of the, one of the things that the therapist talked about was focusing on my joy, uh, it's, it's not, uh, coincidence that in my chosen name like that joy is right there uh, I chose joy you know <laughs> uh, and yeah there's it's important I think to make space for joy alongside anger and alongside sadness and alongside Righteous fury, you know. <laughs> so I guess I think that's what I'm going to try and focus on with these audio logs. Uh, just be in this pocket of space where I can focus on things that have brought me joy and that are continuing to bring me joy. Uh, so yeah, it was, like I say, I said the other day, it was my birthday on Tuesday, um, and uh. My mum and dad got me flowers, which was delightful. Uh, never really been, I've never really been hugely into flowers, but um, I remember when I uh, came out to my friend uh, Kelsey, like, this was a long time ago. She, I think she was, yeah, she was literally the first person I came out to. Uh, and it was just because we were just happened to be chatting on, on Facebook one time. Uh, and she sent me a, a bunch of white roses. Uh, to my favourite, although actually my parents uh, 
arrangement had some like these purple roses in it and those were uh, sort of purple roses I don't sort of lilac it's interesting white roses are my favorite and Kelsey knew this and she just sent me a bunch like that was her response to me coming out was okay and then she sent me a bunch of those which I thought was so delightful so that was good uh another friend of mine uh sent me some donuts uh always always a good thing always guaranteed to bring me joy <laughs> uh some donuts and a couple of other friends of mine uh offered to pay for to buy me a uh takeaway pizza on my birthday and like i'm not someone who really i've never really been big on birthdays for a lot of reasons uh, <laughs> uh but since i've been out my birthdays have just felt better they felt more um important like more real <laughs> i guess and uh I don't need like big presents. I've never needed big presents. Like this year, my parents were like, "What can we get you?" And I was like, "I genuinely don't know." But they got me the right thing. They they got me the right thing. That's the thing. All of these things were the right thing. Like last year, a friend of mine uh, baked me a bunch of cupcakes with were iced, uh, frosted and iced with um, like stuff. I guess it's frosted rather than iced. Anyway, with. Uh, like stuff about me uh, like like a particular uh, uh, outfit that I wear a lot <laughs> and stuff like that and that was really nice and some like Dungeons and Dragons like polyhedral dice but yeah flowers, donuts pizza oh my flatmate got me just got me just, just got me some chocolate perfect that's all, all I need, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> other things that have brought me joy this week. Uh, oh man, uh, <laughs> I I uh, I just finished listening, uh, like just now, to the most recent episode of uh, the Read. Uh, the Read is a podcast uh, by Kid Fury and Chris West, which uh, I have never been uh, uh like. A consistent listener because the episodes could vary between two hours and three hours long, and that is that is long. Uh, but I remember uh, over like it's been running for like seven, eight years now, and Podmass, which is the AV Club's uh, podcasting thing, would often recommend like particular episodes, and I'd listen to those. Uh, but it's been a while, a long time since I listened, to, and I, you know, I've been expanding, sort of like being deliberately expanding, like what podcasts I've been listening to. Uh, this week, uh, especially, uh, and this week's episode of the Reach is so good uh, and so necessary. If you've got like two 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 hours and forty minutes to spare, I highly recommend it. Uh, it took me a couple of a couple of a couple of days to get for it because I was like doing other stuff. Uh, but anyway, how the podcast usually works is that they sort of talk about pop culture stuff. Uh, they will take listener questions uh, and also the the titular read. Right, the titular read. If you don't know what, right, well, okay, well, they, they, they read celebrities, and if you don't know what reading means in that context, you you really need, you should go go and watch Paris is Burning, like, go and watch Paris is Burning right now. Uh, you should always watch it. It's, it's like a great documentary on the uh, the ballroom scene in New York, 
page, definitely watch it. And you've probably also heard it from RuPaul's Drag Race, but that's where it originated. Well, I mean, that's where I first heard it. That's, that's where mainstream society probably first heard of it. Uh, um, so basically, they just uh, take take a celebrity to task, or sometimes just people that like in their lives <laughs> to task uh, for something they something stupid they've said or done. In this week's episode, uh, they <laughs> they they basically get reads from <laughs> most the majority of the episode, like the first two hours of the episode, is reads from members of the public. <laughs> including one there's a guy <laughs> complaining about people complaining about how he plays Animal Crossing <laughs> and one of them is a six year old <laughs> reading <laughs> a fellow six year old in his class and it's genuinely hilarious uh, towards the end of the episode they, they do quite rightfully uh, for, for two uh, for two black queer podcasters they quite rightfully get into some righteous anger towards the end, which is so, like, incredibly well put and incredibly erudite and just funny as well as hard. And that's, uh, it's just great. I highly recommend it. Uh, Just a really, really, like, podcasts, man, I love podcasts. Uh, just let people just talk, right? This is not a podcast. I know you know this. This is an audio log, but I just love the way that podcasts just let people be themselves and talk, and that's kind of one of the reasons why I enjoy doing these audio logs, which I remember, which I remind you, I remind you are not a podcast. Uh, I've also been listening to an amazing uh, daily news podcast. People have been trying to get me to listen to daily news podcasts for ages, and. Uh, I sh- yeah, like you're right. I've listened to one called uh, "What a Day," uh, a crooked media podcast, and it's it's like twenty minutes long, and it's been just really good at keeping up, keeping me up to date with what's going on and protests in America, alongside other stuff, uh, alongside some other stuff. Because you know, it's not the only thing that's happening in the world. It is the main thing that's happening in the world. It's not the only thing. Uh the last thing that's been bringing me that brought me joy this week, uh, might be the thing that brought me the most joy, is that I finally uh, got around to watching the half of it on Netflix. Uh, it's a film on Netflix, a uh, film written and directed by Alice Wu, who 16 years ago wrote and directed a film called Saving Face, uh, which is uh, a Saving Face is a a, a beautiful film. It's a very simple film, but it's a beautiful film, and it is a like a foundational text in lesbian cinema, <laughs> like a modern lesbian cinema, uh, because it manages to be both a lesbian love story <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, where, where no one dies, always a positive, uh, and it's actually a really good film. So I've been I've really looking forward to. Uh, half of it or if I've heard of it but for some reason just hadn't got around to watching it and I watched it last night and oh my gosh uh, okay so what it's about basically is there's a 17 year old uh, Chinese immigrant 
uh, has lived in like um, like lived in America pretty much her whole life, called Ellie Chu. Uh, her mum died like four years ago. She's been looking after her widower father, who doesn't speak great English, and has struggled to sort of integrate. Uh, even though he's like he's got a PhD in engineering, he's like forced into just working a station manager job because uh, you know because racism. Uh, But, uh, and just, you know, and, like, obviously for the past four years he's, he's just been depressed, right? Uh, so that's the setup for her character, and she's also, oh, she's also gay, uh, <laughs> which we find out when she, well, I mean, I knew it beforehand, because I knew it was a gay film, uh, <laughs> I knew that they had made it gay, they are not cowards, uh, <laughs> It's one of the reasons, like the people talked about it, they talked about it on Autostrado, like, a lot. It's the reason I knew it was coming out. People were like, hey, Alice was making another film, and I was like, how has it been 16 years? Uh, which is the big question. Uh, the reason for that is, uh, again, institutionalised racism, and uh, the fact that people said that nobody wants to see a happy uh, lesbian film, uh, yada yada yada, Hollywood is terrible. But Netflix gave us the money. <laughs> um, so yeah, Ellie uh, is in love with... Uh, uh, the pastor's daughter. It's a quite. A, it's a very religious small town in Washington. Uh, she's in love with the pastor's daughter, whose name is Aster. Which uh, <laughs> the pastor's daughter's name is Aster, um, even though she's never spoke to her. And then how the plot works is very. It's a simple, such a simple plot. It's a classic plot. It's the plot of Cyrano de Bergerac which has been adapted a million times, in a million ways, and even in a million sitcoms. Uh, the idea being that this guy, he's like a, like a sort of jock, he's a, he's a second stringer, second string runner, I don't know, I don't know the terminology, I don't know American football terminology, for the high school football team. He, because uh, Ellie makes, makes uh, like, Helps out her fa her father by doing essays for other students. Like she plagiarizes for other students. Uh, well, she doesn't plagiarize. She writes the full the full essays. But you know what I mean. Uh, so he goes. Well, if you can do that, you can write a love letter to the person that I'm in love with, which of course is Aster. So that's the setup, right? Uh, Ellie pretending to be this guy, uh, Paul. Pretty sure it is Paul. I totally blanked on his name because he does not interest me. <laughs> um, uh, that's not fair. He's quite. He's quite, He's a sweet guy. He's a sweet guy. Uh, so she, Ellie, is sending letters to Astor and the guys of this guy, uh, trying to get her to fall in love with him slash her, and that's the setup, right? And it's so. It's a such a slow paced, cute movie. It's not like it's not like a mind-blowing work of cinema it's not gonna like change stuff you know like it's not gonna win any oscars but it's so beautiful and so lovely and touching and i was like the last 20 minutes i was basically just tearing up the whole time which is, you know, that, again, I'm a, again, empathetic person, especially when watching uh, queer stories on film. 
I highly recommend it. It's very sort of it's very sweet. Uh, I've had someone describe had someone describe it as like YA, like young young adult, like you know you talk about like YA novels. Like this seems to be a sort of move towards like yeah YA uh, films, like things like that. Uh, Edge of Seventeen. If you've not seen Edge of Seventeen, that's another fantastic film. Uh, with Haley Steinfeld, that's a great film. Uh, if you could, uh, it's a fantastic film actually. Like a surprisingly good teen film. I I really love like teen films and coming of age dramas. I was talking about someone to someone about this the other day, and they were like, "Well, yeah, it makes sense that you would love uh, like teen stuff, like about people figuring themselves out and coming of age, because that's something that you really struggled with." Uh, and it's like you can live vicariously through watching other people. I'm like, oh yeah, you don't have to read me like that. But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, this actually felt nice. This has felt really nice to just talk about stuff that I've uh, brought me joy. Yeah, I think that's what I'm gonna use this space for. Um. Cool. So stay well, uh, stay safe, stay inside, stay educated, stay informed, um, and if someone wants to pay you to write love letters to someone you're in love with, just like go into that with your eyes open, yeah, and uh, make sure you've got some donuts with you. Uh, my name is Marjorie. Thank you very much. Goodbye.